Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And we're back. So this is Brown Ambition, right? We're trying to be more mature and actually name the podcast before we like start start talking. Right. This is Brown Ambition. Welcome. We will be your hosts today and every day. <laughs> All right. I am Tiffany. And this is Mandy. <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about. I feel like we should start with the good. Oh, I could use some good news. What do you what do you have? Well, no, I just came back from Essence Fest, and it was amazing. Everybody was at Essence Fest but but me. I feel like I had severe FOMO. <laughs> it was honestly like... A, like severe. It was just... It was just, I don't know, all good black things. Like, everything from, like, the best food, OMG. Like, ooh, I just love my people and some food. We know how to throw down. I was like, dang, New Orleans, honestly... 10 pounds, I guess. I love New Orleans. And what I love about people... Is it there every year? Yeah, it's there every year. Okay, good. Because why, why be anywhere else? Exactly. And there's just so, so much soul in the city. Because what I, what I really love about New Orleans and the people there is that, like, they take so much pride, especially in their food. I mean, you can't ask anybody where to eat without getting, like, 10 suggestions <laughs> yeah. for specific things. They're like, oh, for oysters, you need to go here. But if you want fried chicken, you need to go here. But if you want... <laughs> And so the food was amazing. Uh, the like the empowerment sessions were awesome. The convention center, I was like, I've never seen like literally some companies. It's like it's like they tore down the building and rebuilt it in the convention center. Like their their they call them I guess activations. Like their booths. Like I can't even call it a booth. I feel like to call them booths would be like disrespectful. Can you just real quick, just for me and everybody else, just what is Essence Fest in like a nutshell? So Essence Fest is a, a music festival um, and a mixture of like empowerment and entertainment. So half of it is like this awesome music festival that's three nights and all these big acts. And then the other half are all these empowerment like workshops and stuff. It's specifically geared toward women of color. Right. And it is awesome because you have like every brand um, that has anything to sell toward women of color that, that are there. And um Honestly, it's just awesomeness. It's just like one big party for three days or four days, three nights. Yeah, I always thought it was music. But then after like knowing people like you that have been going there, I thought, what is it, a conference? Is it like soul sessions? What's happening? And I saw this this year seemed like, I don't know if I've just followed more people who are going this year, but I feel like this year was bigger than any other year in the past. Yeah, they had a lot of new. So this is the first year they did like money and power like that. They had like a special stage for it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So that was really cool because they're starting to understand that like we need to talk about personal finance and entrepreneurship and ways to make money. Um, so that was new. Um, so yeah. We had some of our friends, Patrice Washington yes. has been on, been on the podcast. She was there. Um, Tanya of MyFab Finance, Marsha of the Finance Bar. So it was like squad was so in the building. Lynette Calfon. Wasn't Lynette there? Yes, and I totally missed her. I was like, Lynette, why are we disconnecting? Yes, Lynette was there killing it as usual. She's a regular at Essence, honestly. Right. Yeah, she should be. Right, exactly. She's like the fairy godmother of all that we do. (laughs) (laughs) And if if you're new to the show, we talked, you should definitely go back and check out our interviews with Lynette, with Patrice Mm -hmm. on the podcast. We got to have Tanya and Marsha on someday. We do. I was thinking that. When I just said their names. So I was really fortunate in that. So for the last three years, I've been wanting to speak at Essence Fest. And my publicist, Drina, has been like pitching me. But it just has not been a fit. 
And then this year, Essence reached out to her. They were like, you know, I think we'd like to have Tiffany this year. You think she'd be interested? Drina's like, um, I can speak for both of us. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Let me check my schedule. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, the birth of a baby. Sorry. I'll be Essence. <laughs> no. And so it was awesome because one, I got to do a, key, a keynote at the on the Money and Power stage. And then Prudential hired me to do a panel and like a, two panels. And then Ford came through and hired me to do um, a panel. So it just was awesome and awesome. Every, I spoke every day. And so it was great to see the different crowds and to like speak to the kind of different audiences every day. So I went from like no essence to like essence overload. <laughs> and uh, my sisters came, which was so fun. Oh, that's right. That's cool. Yeah, it was because they, um, essence gives you like, you know, like passes to like the concerts and this and that. So it was just fun to be able to like, here's VIP for you. Here's a little VIP for you. <laughs> So, the yeah, it was just awesome. Honestly, it was like, is this how the other half lives? Because, you know, I'm just a regular girl. So usually when I go to a concert, I'm in the nosebleed just like everybody else. So to get like floor tickets and like they're like escorting you to the stage, you're like, wait. The first day, I didn't even know how to use a VIP ticket. I just, I'm just so used to being like, you know, whatever, enjoying like regular everyday life at a conference. And someone was like, why are you in front? You know, you can go backstage or you can go here. And I'm like, oh, I, I can <laughs> Get the snacks. I know, right? You know, that's the first thing I did. I don't even drink. But I was like, I'll take a Shirley Temple, which is really just soda and like um, red syrup. <laughs> how many How many goodies ended up in your bag? Tell the oh, truth. Honestly, we left half of them for like um, the, the woman that like took care of our room. Because I was just like, I just don't need any more, any more things. Yes. And because a lot of it didn't really apply to me. So it was like hair stuff that like that didn't apply to my kind of hair. Mm. And so, yeah. So but just honestly, the biggest and best part of Essence was Oprah, Lady O, for the first time spoke at Essence Fest. And I got floor tickets three rows away. I could have given her a high five. Oh, my God. What did she smell like? Oh, she just was like, I could just see. I was like, this is why. Like there was a light that shone on Oprah. And she just said, exactly what I think we all needed to hear, which is that to make sure that you are actually living what your purpose is, what your passion is, and not what someone has has picked out for you. And when you do that, you'll be amazed at the doors that open. Like that was her core messaging. Mm. Meanwhile, I was strung up on a, <laughs> on a light pole at a ropes course in the mountains all weekend. I saw the pictures. Was it glamping? Was it really glamping or did you really just it camp? It was so far removed from camping. It was like <laughs> we rented this beautiful ski chalet, like a little cottage that looked like a ginger, legitimately looked like a ginger cake house. Like I could have put icing on it and taken a bite. It was so adorable. And it was just, it was 10 of my friends and we do it every year. But um, yeah, one of my friends had a hookup. One of his, uh, one of his friends owns a house and it's on Airbnb for like 200 something dollars a night, but she gave it to us half off. Mm. So it ended up being like the whole weekend altogether. I think between 10 people, it was 200 bucks each. Awesome. Food. Cause we always cook together. We go, maybe we, we make one big Walmart trip and then we, um, we each take a night. So they were, happened to be um, couples. So each couple took a night to cook. Oh, and um, we split it up and it was it was it was nice. But so on Saturday, we always try to do one crazy excursion uh-huh. and we never, ever plan it beforehand because we are just not. It's, it's like a miracle that we even get together at the house. So we don't really <laughs> we're bad at planning. So it's always something. And we went back and forth. Are we going to go? There's a lot to do in the Poconos. Are we going to go to a water park? Are we going to go roller coastering or like whatever? And finally, my friends found this adventure course, which was okay. it's called Treetop Adventures. And it's like. I thought in my head, I was like, oh, that'd be neat. And then I, when we got there, I was like, oh, that'll be five courses that take nearly five hours to complete. And you are doing the most ridiculous things like jumping off of um, like heights as high as like three telephone poles. You're climbing mm. trees. You're, you're, you're Tarzan roping onto nets and like – you're swinging from swing to swing. And it was the, like the most challenging thing I've ever done. All of us, like halfway through, we were like, what have we done? <laughs> Who made this choice? <laughs> Who, what, why? It was only 50 bucks each. And, and I was, I just looked at my friend, Brian, cause he was pushing hard for the water park. He's like a big, he's a big, he's a big kid. And I was like, Brian, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and you could hear the, the screams of joy from the water park. Cause it's in the same, oh, no. like the same area. <laughs> 
Sounds like so. amazing. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you guys look like you had fun. I saw pictures. It was it was really fun, and you know they get me to do crazy stuff every year. Oh, I didn't even mention that morning. Um, we had the bright idea to do a five k run mm-hmm. together. Oh my gosh! Because half of the group was training for the New York City Triathlon. Okay. And I was like, sure, I've done a half marathon t- over a year ago. so we did a 5k that morning and then the five hour wow needless to say on actual fourth of july we did not go anywhere we did not do anything we saw not one firework (laughs) just sat around the house and i can imagine your body was like so we're just gonna relax right now (laughs) so whole different world from the glamour of oprah i know know. (laughs) (laughs) and your face on billboards honestly i have not even processed I have not, I need to like go to the park and like lay and look at the sky and just like let it soak in like that this amazing weekend actually happened in real life. Like Gratitude. not in, Yeah, honestly, I just need to, it's just, it's been hard because I got back and it's been busy and then like all the foolishness with like, you know, the killing started and I just. Oh, we're here now. Okay. Yeah. It's been, yeah. You know, I actually got into a, so the killings, obviously. Well, as of yesterday, it was just one. And then last night, there was another two more black men senselessly, violently killed. And um, yeah, I don't I, I don't know what to say. I, I texted a couple of my friends. We have a group text going. And I like I texted something, you know, kind of joking just to sort of break the tension in the group text. And then my friend was like chewed me out a little bit. She's like, I can't believe you're joking at a time like this. And we had to like we were texting back and forth and. I could tell she is she was she was lashing out, but she was, you know, frustrated and angry. And I was I could just feel her stress. And I was like, you know, I feel like you have to sort of take a step away and take care of your mental health a little bit. when All this stuff happens. And it's hard to do when you feel like you want to talk about it, but it's so painful. And you kind of just talk yourself in circles and don't know, don't know what to do. Yeah, it just, I don't know, like to, I didn't even watch, like, of course, you know, like little clips have, I've seen little clips, but not kind of purposefully as they like came across my timeline on social media. But I'm like, I don't want to watch the video of of them murdering, like, you know, I just, and just like I did see the video of the press conference, my bad, I did see the video of the press conference where, like, um, the first gentleman, Mr. Sterling, right? Is that his last name? Uh, I know his first name is Alton because that's my dad's first name. Mm. So I did see the video where his son at the press conference just, like, and rightfully so, obviously, breaks down. Yeah. And that was like, oh, my gosh. Because what do you even... Yeah. What do you even say? I mean, if that were my dad. And, you know, my dad, I don't... I've always wanted to have this conversation with him and I haven't yet, but my dad is like, and I mean, you probably relate to my dad's dark skinned. He's mm-hmm. six, I don't know, six, one, six, two. He's not a small man, especially before. He, so he had gastric bypass surgery. And before that he was like close to 400 pounds. So he's tall, he's big, you know, and he drives around Atlanta all the time. And, um, I always, I, I should ask him like, it's, it's a miracle. He's never been pulled over for anything. Um, all he says is like his driving is perfect. So he would never get pulled over. But, um, one of the things I did notice about my dad, especially over the last, over the last few years when everyone has sort of been hyper vigilant of like violence, police violence against black men and black women is how nice he is to everybody. How, when Mm -hmm. he walks in a room, the first thing he does is talk to everybody. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, ma'am? How you doing, sir? Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like when he's doing that, it's almost a survival thing. It's like, I'm a human. I'm a person. I'm not here to hurt you. Don't be, don't be intimidated by me. I'm a nice guy. My friend Mark does that. He said, and consciously so, because Mark's same thing. It's dark skin, six one six two two something, big guy. You know, not huge, but like, you know, so he says, honestly, Tiffany, that's one of the things that my dad taught me is that like when you enter a room or situation to make yourself known as friendly, which mm-hmm. is so crazy. I ne- you know, I don't think about that. Hell no. I, I you know, I rela- I we have the ability to or I have the ability to, you know, be rude or ignore people or just walk in and not, you know, just be to myself and not have to think about that kind of thing. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been told I have resting bitch face. I'm like, I'm sure I do, because my natural face is like, you know, like, of course I'm a happy person, but if I'm not purposefully smiling, it's just kind of like, whatever. And so to not, and I don't think about it, but like, I can remember distinctly, like when um, Superman had had the, um, he had um, aneurysm surgery and he, or he was supposed to have aneurysm surgery and he had to just get a note from his doctor saying, I'm legitimately out of work because I have this life threatening thing in my head. And the doctor wasn't there. It was like, he was on vacation and he had like some junior doctor there who like apparently was not blessed with common sense. So I'm telling her like, okay, you know, here's the note from the hospital. We just need a note, but the hospital can't give us extended time or whatever. You have to just write a note saying, yeah, he's not just goofing off. You know, he just might die. So he can't come to work for a few days until after the surgery. Then after the surgery, they give you some other special note. So anyway, we're in there and he's like, the woman was just being so difficult. And Jarrell looked like, Superman looked like he wanted to pass out because he was in so much pain. And I'm just like, so I'm talking to her and like, I'm getting sassy. And that's not normally my nature, but by then I'm frustrated because I'm advocating for him. I'm like, I'm not understand, like, sure if you understand what I, what I'm saying, I'm not, we're not 16 saying, hey, can you write me a note so I don't have to go to school? Like, he has an aneurysm. That's like life or death. Can we just have a note saying that he doesn't have to go to work tomorrow so we can go see the neurologist? I don't understand what's so difficult about that. And so he got up, I guess, to confront her too. And I took a look at him and I thought to myself, like, Superman is 6'6", like super chocolate. He's not big as far as, like, wide and, like, you know, because he's a little bit on the slim side. But he looks like, okay. And I just looked and I saw her face and I said, go sit down. Because she and I can get sassy together. I, and, you know, because I could see her tense up like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, when I was getting sassy with her, she was just like, whatever. But I could see her look like, oh, my God, it's about to be a problem. And I thought to myself, wow, he couldn't even legitimately... um like advocate for himself and express frustration without it being like a true problem. I mean, eventually she gave us like, you know, the note, but that's because, you know, just me just kind of like, you know, just laying into her. But I just thought to myself, dang, if I wasn't here, what would he do? They probably would have called the police, escorted him out, you know? (sighs) It's just so frustrating because it just, and you know, I was just thinking to myself, like, you know, cause I grew up in a white neighborhood you know, some of my, most of my friends on Facebook are fairly silent. Like my white friends are fairly silent. And, you know, cause everybody would love to tell you that like, oh, things are better. I don't know why people complain, but I, I think to myself like, okay, if things are better, it is not a big deal. Would you like to trade and be black? Meaning you could, you could keep the same intellect, keep the same job, keep the same family, but you're just black and you get to live the black experience in America. Like if things are, if you know, like Nobody who would, would Exactly. Who would want to change? Because you know you wouldn't want to. So knowing that, don't pretend like it's not anything, you know, just because you know you wouldn't want to trade. And I'm not saying you'd have to, like, give up your lifestyle. None of that. You could keep the same lifestyle, but you would just have to live the black experience. You wouldn't want to because you know something's not right. And to pretend that it's otherwise, to me, it's criminal. And it's just it's just so frustrating because I just see too much and I'm and you know as a woman I don't get nearly as much as like what men get and I just it makes me afraid like what if what if me and Superman have a son then what that's you know I, I've, I've read interviews from parents and how they talk how they ex- and there is a good article I think by Nicole Hannah Jones in the in the times about how she talks about um maybe I'm getting the right or wrong but yeah about how you talk to your son and your and your child but you know the two men who passed away, so Alton Sterling was the first, and then Philando Castile. I was reading an interview with his mom that she gave to CNN, and she's like, I know my son. I've warned him about this. He knows not to talk back to police. He, we, we, we have a whole system of what, how, we, how we cooperate, and even that wasn't enough. You know, he didn't do anything wrong. And at that point, you just – it's like, what? You know? Yeah, because that's the scary There's part. There's only so much you can do. Because it's like your your youth won't save you. Tamir Rice was 12, 12 years old playing in the park by himself. A baby. I mean, your your education won't save you, right? Your your sex won't save you. Being a woman, look at Sandra Bland. Like, it's like your all the things they tell you, your behavior is not going to save you. Remember the gentleman that was actually in Walmart buying a firearm 
like that actually is sold at Walmart and the police came up on him and killed him. I just, I just don't even, so for people who are like, well, if only, so what happens when someone shoots you in the back? What, what could I have done differently? And like, Nothing. just even, exactly. And that's the part that's scary is that you can make excuse after excuse after excuse. But if, if that young man who shot up the police, the, um, there was, I forget his name that he shot up the, the movie theater during like the Batman premiere shot and killed people while wearing a costume can be escorted out and make it alive into the car and into the precinct. Like, that's just crazy to me. You don't see that, that other young man who raped a woman behind in a dumpster. And it's only because like these two young men happen to walk by and, and throw him off of her and hold him down for the police to come. And they don't want to put him in jail because it would affect his future. Like what kind of world do you live in where you look at that and you don't think to yourself, something's not right. You know, like, it's just, that's why I just said I had a sad nap today. Cause it's just when I'm so exhausted that I can't even stay up because it's like, well, what do you do? Does it take for people to riot? Does it take for people to start burning things down? Is that what God, I hope not? We've you seen know? that already. It didn't, it didn't help in Freddie Gray's case. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like what Baltimore, does that didn't, it didn't help. Does, or Gardner didn't help. Doesn't help. Nothing helps. You know, the most, the most you can do is contact your local rep- representative and tell them it's not okay. Hold them accountable. That's the most we can do. That's probably the most effective thing you do because when their job's on the line, when they may not get reelected because enough of their constituents are outraged, you know, I think that's the only thing you can do really. And I feel like that's what so many young people don't do, unfortunately. Um, and very unfortunately because that's one thing that could have some impact. Um. Maybe because people don't feel like that's going to make an impact. Because it's like, you know, you have lobbyists, you've got corporations with money. It doesn't seem like your voice would be heard, even if you're like, well, you're not going to be elected. Because everybody has so many interests that they have to cater to. And it's like, when does your interest, you know, get finally get looked at, you know? This isn't like the gun debate where there's clear for-profit businesses at on the other side of this and trade associations like the NRA fighting against this. This is like how police officers are trained. This is how they're armed. This is the way America polices, you know, the fact that we have to pull over, get pulled over for a broken taillight. Like, isn't technology good enough? You can, you can take a picture of what's the red light camera and get a ticket in the mail. Why not limit the contact police have with people in cars and just, you know, take a picture, take the license plate, send them, a, send them a ticket in the mail the next week. You know, why have to, why even put yourself in a position where you might, you know, do something like that to a person, have that confrontation? Um, I mean, I'm no criminal justice expert, but I think that's where it starts and how we police and that kind of stuff comes from the top. That comes from the Department of Justice and the state's attorney general's office. And, um, you know, I was glad to see at least the DOJ is investigating the Alton Sterling murder, which happened first. And I, I haven't heard anything about Philando Castile, but the governor, um, he was from St. Paul, Minnesota. The governor in Minnesota at a press conference said, you know, would this have happened if he had been white? I don't think so. Yeah, but I feel like I've heard that we've seen the videos and yet no conviction, no conviction, no conviction. I guess yeah. it's just so the frustrating. Con- the convention, the conviction, I mean... I don't even know if if it's still happening just because people aren't getting convicted. I think it's happening because people are poorly trained. I was reading that CNN story. It was like, oh, the 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 um, Alton murder. They were like, oh, one officer was a three year veteran, a four, and the other one was a four year veteran of the police force. That's not a veteran. Yeah. Three years on the job, you're still a rookie. Yeah, but in any job, like any year job. three of teaching, I was still like, so what do these kids need to learn again? That doesn't make you a veteran. Yeah. And then, you know, my, and just real quick, and uh, my fiance's brother, my age actually has been a police officer. He just graduated from the police academy in DC. And I worry about him too. You know, when, when you, and you think about the police officers out there who are doing good work or, you know, and after incidences like this, people might try and lash out at the first cop they see and you worry Mm -hmm. about them too. And it's just, that's why I'm saying, please, no violence, please, no um, no, out, you know, no physical violence. I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, because I mean, Superman. Honestly, he wanted to be a police officer. 
He like went, you know, did, filled out all the paperwork. All, but he, his past is a little bit too spotty. <laughs> oh, we're just gonna call him, put him on blast like that. <laughs> he was a wild boy in his teens, and he was like, I didn't think that they were gonna look at all that. I was like, well, let's just be happy that you're you're in a good place right now. Yeah, they might look at that. <laughs> so I mean, so I'm definitely not here to bash, you know, because that could have easily been, you know, Superman had he had it worked out for him. He really, really wanted to be a police officer. It's a, dis- it's a disservice to police, to these young men, these men, these police officers weren't that old either. And they're going to have to live with this for the rest of their life. And their training. I don't think that they may not, they're probably not evil people. You know, they probably just have terrible training. The fact that they would pull a weapon like that and shoot someone like that, they're poorly trained. And you know, well, I disagree about them being not evil people because I just saw a clip of it. And I was like, so you have him down. You actually take the gun out, put it to his chest and pull it. And magically your your body cam. Oh, they fell out in the scuffle. And magically the the the, the video from the from the store is gone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. Like yeah. I that part, I'm like, I don't, you know, poorly trained. Yes. But also poor in character. Yes. And integrity. Yes. You killed somebody. And. I haven't heard anybody own up and be like, you know what? I'm so sorry for, you know, none of these people. Even if you didn't think you were at fault, you still killed somebody. If I get into a car accident and I hit somebody's car, it's my fault. I'm still like, you know what? My bad. Like, honestly, I'm sorry. You know, let's figure out what's what the next steps. You never hear that. You never hear the regardless of what happened. Someone's life is is it's been taken and their family will never be the same. And so to me, I'm just like, whatever. I mean, like, I don't even know what special place in hell there are for people who take someone's life and then show no remorse. But I hope wherever that is, they go there. That's just my my two cents. Tiffany. I guess that's where you say let the Lord deal with them, if you believe in that. I don't know what I don't know what I believe in. I do know that these police offices, police commissioners are elected. They they and I think that in a lot of cases, it's not. You know, even if a person does want to apologize, they're probably being told, hey, don't admit fault by their lawyer, by their bosses, by people who are elected above them. Don't admit fault because it makes us look bad. Whatever. Um, There's so many different layers. That's what I said. That's still an integrity issue because you're right. Maybe that's so. But ultimately, you're a human being. And if you can't say I'm not saying that if you don't feel you're at fault, but still someone is dead. Like when I saw that 15-year-old boy break down, his life will never, ever, ever be the same. He will always know that his father's death has been recorded for the world to watch over and over again. What, how is he supposed to, like what, what does life look like for him in 10, 15 years? How is he supposed to move on and be like, okay, like I can have a normal childhood and normal adulthood. How when I can watch my father's death at any moment in time on YouTube? I don't even know, like, what do you do with that? You know how sometimes something so tragic happens and you can't even process? How can someone process that and move on to live a productive life? How? You know? And so ultimately, I think people, you know what it is? I just think people are disconnected and that they don't, they don't, it's like you're not connected to people who, who are not like you, you know? And yeah, I don't, if you I'm, don't have a black father or a black brother or a black friend, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's it the is. same reason we don't care when, you know, there was just an article about all these um, uh, bombings and, and violence in Baghdad over the, yeah. the last week, 300 deaths, something like that. And no one's changing their profile picture. No one's, you know, saying, uh, re- you know, sharing their sympathy for the victims. And that, I think that's another issue is mm-hmm. we don't, if you don't have people who are there or skin in the game, then you won't care. And that's another sad I think that's another sad symptom of just not having a diverse enough network, mm-hmm. social circle, staying so that, where you're comfortable. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I think I am. I think I know my brown break wanna, is. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I did today that made me feel a teeny weensy bit better. Okay. I followed the hashtag um, carefreeblackkids 2 k 16 Okay. Have you followed this hashtag? It's literally yeah. just nothing but vines of like happy black children doing things like singing Sound of Music and doing cartwheels and dancing and like little cute kids with pigtails. Um, I don't know. I felt I felt a little bit better after seeing that. Okay. I'm going to look at that because I'm like, okay, I need, you know, that would be great to be able to just watch. Because that's the one thing I used to always say that like would always make me um, 
like just always kind of get on my nerves when people reported like from from places that were considered dangerous or like, you know, from a Newark or an Oakland or a Detroit that they all they ever showed was the bad side. And I would always think to myself, especially since I was working in Newark, like they would be like, you know, a shooting maybe the day before. But yet me and the kids would go out and go to the park and they'd be giggling and laughing. And I would always think to myself, you know, that despite the fact that there is this ugliness going on, there's always beauty still happening simultaneously. And I wish that there would be a spotlight on that because they would always bring me so much joy. Like no matter what was going on in the city of Newark, I found that, you know, still the next day the kids would go out, we'd go to the park, you know, they eat their little graham crackers. They would call me Miss Tiffany and give me hugs and kisses. And we would like enjoy life at that moment. And I think that maybe that's what be, you know, I was going to take a brown break, but maybe I'll, do a brown boost instead. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, okay. Do you want to go on and do the brown break and brown boost? Mm-hmm. So definitely, I'm just going to take a brown break from social media just because it's a lot right now. Like, there's no joy there. So I just need a break from that. But definitely a brown boost to that new hashtag. I think that just like watching carefree black kids be free and fun and laugh and smile and have a good time, I think that I want a little bit of a boost of that. So that's my brown break and my brown boost. Well, I'm going to do a triple dose of happiness for Brown Boost today because I feel like we need it. If ever there were a day for a triple dose, today's the day. So one is that my fave, I saw you posted this before I could on the on our Facebook page, but Issa Rae um, actually raised in like less than a day, maybe the matter a matter of hours, over $200,000 for the children of Alton Sterling to go to college. Mm. So that's amazing. Someone using their power for good. That's That's one. Um, two is that I saw Hamilton last week. How was it? <laughs> um, it was life changing. Like I sort of feel like, I don't know how to describe it. I'm going to sound insane. I've been trying to describe it to everybody and all I do is sound like a crazy person and obsessed and I just need to like tone it down a little bit, I think. <laughs> but it was, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like I, I took fiance for his birthday and I literally I purchased these tickets nine months ago Mm. like last September no more than nine almost 10 months ago I purchased these tickets because they were all sold out till January and everyone's acting like I must have like shot somebody or murdered somebody to get these no (laughs) I bought them nearly a year ago and everybody in that audience you can just tell they were so grateful to be there and when all those actors because this is the last this was the last two weeks of shows before three of the primary cast members, um, including the main star of it, Lin-Manuel Miranda, they, they leave the show. So um, they were taping the play for, I think, to air on PBS or something like that. So everyone was there, all the original cast. Ooh. And when I've never heard a Broadway audience, like I go to a Broadway plays a lot, but I've never heard an audience like, like scream, like laugh. It was like being at, it might've been like being at that new edition concert, like, like seeing your favorite band on stage and like people are going to like a Beyonce show. Like they were all Beyonce up there. And it was just, I've never seen it. I mean, I went to color purple, but like how often do you see a cast that is that diverse, like, like Latino, Asian, black and, and white too, and gay and straight. And like the fact that they could make history through hip hop, one of like a masterpiece, I, like I'm listening, the soundtrack is 46 songs long. 
all of them could be on the radio. Mm. Like, all of them. And they will be because Questlove and The Roots are producing, like, an album based on the, the cast album. Awesome. But, oh, it was just so good. And, like, and uh, my fiancé, he was, like, half the time he was just watching me watch the play because my mouth was hanging open. Like. <laughs> Well, somebody tweeted me a question. Oh, what is it? It's just a simple question. She said, hey, at the Budgetista, do you think it's a good idea to refinance my car loan? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll set it up and we'll do that as a question. Okay. All right. Do we have any questions today? Yes. I We were tweeted a question and someone asked um, if uh, we thought it was a good idea for her to refinance her car loan. I'm assuming that her, I'm assuming her, she didn't, you know, it's a tweet, so you can only give but so much information, but I'm assuming it's because her payments are too high. You know, that's a real issue. I was just, I, I, I was just doing a whole story for this for Magnify Money, where I write now, um, about subprime auto loans, like how easy it is to get, you know, these like no credit, bad credit, Mm -hmm. anyone get a car loan and then they talk you into getting these crazy expensive car loans that you don't think is crazy because they're like oh well your monthly payment's only like two hundred dollars but what you don't realize is that not only is your interest rate incredibly high like over 15 percent, sometimes even more than 25 percent but that the only way they're getting a monthly payment so loan so so low is because they're making your loan even longer like giving you even longer to pay off your loan so instead of having like a three-year car loan they're giving you like a five six seven year car loan mm-hmm. and then sometimes too this happened to a few of my dream catchers they finally did get the money together and there's a prepayment they're not allowed to prepay mm, that's oh yeah like one woman actually was sending in extra payments and noticed that her principal wasn't going down she called them they're like oh yeah we just been putting it toward the interest because you can't prepay so basically they've just been keeping her extra money can you imagine Wow. And she was like, criminal. It, I know. And I was like, wait, what? She was like, I don't even know what to do. I've been prepaying for three months thinking like I'm doing a good thing. And basically they pocketed my money. Hmm. You know, the CFPB, the regulator for financial um, institutions, banks, credit card companies, stuff like that. They've been trying really hard to regulate the auto loan industry. Mm-hmm. They have been unsuccessful because I didn't realize this until I started doing this story, but like, do you know how powerful car dealers are? Like car dealers, like your local car dealer in your neighborhood, they are like more politically powerful than sometimes legislators. Like they are the personal, like they are the mini NRA of different states. So really, yeah. And so they've influenced policy. I was looking over the car, the auto dealer industry has donated over like one single auto dealer from Florida. Okay, donated seven million dollars to political candidates this year um, through the election. This happened to also be just a year after the CFPB failed to um, get the get the um, power to regulate auto lenders too, and it's because they have so these dealers they have so much influence over their local politicians. That is insane and scary. So, what say you about advice for her? I say, well, obviously, I say yes. You can definitely refinance your your. Um, car loan. I always say, you know, when you're looking to buy that you should try your best to bring your own financing with you. Yes. You, you know, People like don't do that. I know you don't realize it, but like you can go, you can go to your credit union or even your bank, especially if you have decent credit and work out. Cause I think this is what a uh, Superman did. You know, he has a really low at the time when he had a, a paint, uh, car payment, but he got his financing from his credit union. It was super low, single digit, and he was able to go to the car lot, car dealership, and I'd say, no, no, you know, I have the money. I just, I'm here just for the car. Right. People don't shop around enough, and you know, when you go to a dealer and they're taking you to their financing office, you should know that those financing people. Like it's in their interest to sell you loans that they get the biggest kickback from. Mm-hmm. So when they shop around, they go, like, oh, yeah, Capital, Capital One is great. You know, we'll get you set up with them. They'll approve you. They're getting a kickback from Capital One or not just to call it them, but any bank, most banks that they work with um, for bringing them business, for bringing you to the bank. Like the bank is actually kicking them back a little cash on the side. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they get a cut of the interest rate that they give you. Um, so they're incentivized to give you a higher interest rate. There's, there's like a million reasons why it's better. You're better off shopping for your loan, um, on your own. 
But even like I've heard from people that even if you shop around, you still get there and they try and bully you into of all kinds of extra stuff. Like um, I'm actually in the search for a car now. So I was like, okay, my 99 Toyota Camry, she has done me well, but it is time to retire her at least for like regular everyday use. Um, so I was gonna, I, I saved, I've been saving honestly, cause I've had the Camry for ever. Um, so I have like a good chunk of money. Honestly, my budget is about $20,000, like cash. And cause I've been saving and saving for the last three or four years, knowing that the next car, I, I didn't want a hoopty. Finally, I was like, all right, Tiffany, you know, you work hard, you've done well, you saved, we're not going to get a hoopty, but at the same time, I'm not going to get a car loan. Mm-hmm. And I, um, so I saved and I said, um, Plus two, I'll buy the car for my business because I'll keep my hoopty for personal use and get the car for my business so I can write it off as a, you know, as a tax write-off for my business, a budgetista. And you should see their faces so disappointed. Like first, me and Superman would come in. One, you know, they, I could tell they thought like, oh, they don't have any money because, you know, like we're black and we're young. And so just even getting someone, there were some dealerships that were really great about coming up to us and asking us questions and, you know, and some dealerships that kind of just like eyes glazed over like they don't have any money. And, you know, when I would go and talk and talk about like, you know, they're like, oh, what's your budget? You know, I tell them, you know, well, let's see the cars first. And then when it got down to talking business and they were like, oh, you know, we have great financing. I would, I would just be like, it felt so good to say, I'll actually be paying cash. Well, cashier's check. And they're <laughs> like, wait, what? And Superman said, that's my favorite part, Tiffany. I couldn't wait till we get to those parts. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, yes, it's for my business. So I'll be paying via cashier's check. So again, um, so how the, the and you, you don't understand how many times they were like, wait, I don't, I'm not quite understanding. I'm like, no, I won't be doing any financing. I'll be paying just straight cash. Money, honey. <laughs> and then that's when they're like, well, what, what do you do again? You should have brought in a briefcase. I know. I teach financial education. So what you're not going to do, I'm like the, the quickest one at Target, at the Gap, when the women are trying to like, um, or the cashiers try to get you to sign up for like a credit card. And I'm like, no. They're like, you don't want to save? And I'm like, honestly. My sister's like, oh boy, here we go. Because they know I'm about to budget these on them. I'm like, every time somebody signs up for these, you know, you really are helping to lower their credit score. Sometimes the women behind the, the counter, the cashier, whoever, is actually really surprised and grateful that I shared that with them. And sometimes they're like, girl, yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> I was that girl at the Gap. Because I used to get, a, I used to get a, like, a, you get rewarded for how many credit cards you sign up. That's a whole other conversation. Yes, but yeah. it's crazy. No, but yeah, so I'd say like, yeah, so refinancing definitely looking, you know. Can, yeah, you know, Magnify actually has a cool tool. A little plug from my new job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're good. Magnify, if you're, if you want to compare loans, like they're, they're like have some of the best tools out there yes, and they're to. free to use, which and is even awesome. better. And what I love about Magnify Money, everybody's like, Tiffany, like, do they pay you? They don't. I just really love their website because, one, it's just great for comparison of all these different financial products and services. Two, the language is so easy to understand. You're not like, wait, what does that mean? Like, they're just like, it's just plain spoken English. So you get it. You know, everyone who I send there is like, oh, my God, I love this website. I'm like, I know, because it's just. It's a great website that you can use to find resources and you can actually understand what they mean. And you don't have to like Google, like, what does that word mean? So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, yes, I'll take credit for all that. Um, <laughs> and one last little thing that about Magnify Money. Have, you've heard of the, the TransUnion had that glitch. Have you seen? No, or I did, you, did not. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, the only reason why I know is because my dream catchers were going crazy for the last few days. So TransUnion apparently had a, either a nationwide or a worldwide glitch where everyone... Um, everyone's uh, cr- basically uh, credit score was was uh, deleted. Everything was taken off what? of their transition. Yes, tra- for whatever reason, but then they put it back on. But apparently there's a law that states that once you take um, something off of a credit score, you're not allowed to put it back on without written notice. <sighs> Ooh. Yeah. So, so they pe- get a free credit cleanup? Basically, it's like it's like the um FCRA section 611, like the fine fr- oh girl, don't ask me what FCRA stands for. But anyway, so all of my dream catchers have been calling TransUnion and basically being like, "Nah, nah, nah, don't put that back on. Not my negative stuff." But the thing is, I mean, it, yes, it's great that you'll be able to clean up your TransUnion score. But if they mail you within 5 days of reinserting, they can actually add the deletions back on. Yeah. Also, it's not going to affect the other two credit reports. Like, it's not like it's across the board. Like, everyone is going to be removing these negative um, stuff, things off your credit report. 
And it just because the like the line item is gone, like girl, you still oh the account is still there. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, you you likely won't see a huge jump in your um in your credit score. Some people had did see a jump. A woman was like, oh, my credit score went up fifty points, but that's just for TransUnion. So what if the car dealership uses Equifax? Then it's not going to affect. So I'm not that saying was, you. Sh- um- I'm surprised people's scores couldn't your score also go down if they remove some of your older credit history? This is possible too. I, I haven't seen that that's what um has happened, but it was like a huge like everyone was talking about it in the group, so I had to do a little bit of research, like what happened? So yeah, apparently I don't know, this glitch just erased everybody's credit reports and they're basically like, No, no, don't put that old stuff back on. But like I said, ultimately it doesn't affect all the other all the other credit reports that you have. So you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't you shouldn't fight to keep those negative inquiries off your um or those negative things off your credit report, your TransUnion credit report, but just know that it might not make a, a big of a difference as you think. Yeah. Pay your bills. Yeah, exactly. That's going to make the biggest difference. Pay your bills and actively work toward like like restoring your credit by paying your bills on time, keeping your utilization of your credit cards low, and like not opening up new credit cards right away. Yeah, so we could do a whole episode. I think. I mean, we. I think we're due for a nice credit score episode. People are obsessed. Yeah, they are. Yes. What? What is the obsession with credit score? Not even just. Well, I mean, there's a reason to be obsessed with it, but I mean, it's just people who have bad credit and want to know how to get out of it. You know, those are the people who end up with these, um, these bad auto loans. And Mm -hmm. one thing I'll say, just getting back to her question real quick, is when you refinance an auto loan, which you already have poor credit to begin with. You know, that's kind of a, it's kind of an issue. You really got to work on your credit because to get refinanced, that just means taking out another loan. That means finding mm-hmm. a lender who is willing to loan, lend to you. And if your credit's poor, that can be difficult. So some of the, the, the advice that is maybe not so good to hear, it's not like a get out of debt quick advice. It is clean up your credit as much as you can, you know, sell whatever you can, sell the car if you have to, um, mm-hmm. if you're bleeding money, especially if what's happening. Sometimes I was just talking to a woman from Georgia, actually, whose car she refinanced. This is another thing you can do. So the sometimes they'll be like, oh, so, you know, you want to refinance? Well, we'll give you a new loan for a new car and we can roll over your old loan into that. Mm-hmm. You're basically adding on your old loan onto the new loan. So your loan is even bigger than it was before. Yep. So you're isn't always helping you. Exactly. So you're paying for two cars, but only have one. Yeah, basically. Um, and that just means, and you probably that makes immediately the car you have worth less than what you owe on the loan, which doesn't make any sense, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I wrote. I'm going to post a link to on our blog. I just we just um, did a story how to get out from under a bad car loan, and we I saw that there. Yes. Was that you? Well, I didn't write it, but I assigned it. So that's Oh, look, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Yes. Sips my seat, my pinky up. <laughs> well, that's my job. I'm an editor now, so I get to assign the different stories. So, hey, if you guys have story ideas, you want answer, questions answered, um, go to magnifymoney.com. I swear they have answers to, like, everything. And if they don't, let me know, and we will get those answers for you. Awesome. Yep. So... We should end with some wins, although I'm struggling to decide what a win should be. <laughs> Ooh, I have a quick one. Okay. There was actually, I said I was going to do three boosts, but I forgot one. So here's a third. Okay. Do you know Leslie Jones from SNL? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Did you hear? So she is like, first of all, she's hilarious. I don't know. Her, her sense of humor isn't for everybody. She's kind of like loud and sassy. And some people say that she's um, not doing any favors for black women by being like, a stereotype, but I don't care. She's on TV and that's amazing. But she's in a movie with, Go- she, so she's starring in Ghostbusters, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about this before, like how everyone was saying how in Ghostbusters she's like stereotypical, like why is the one black actress got to be the MTA worker and like have all, you know, from the hood or whatever. But um, so she tweeted that she's going to the premiere of Ghostbusters and she's not like none of these designers want to design dresses for her. Mm. And immediately, who comes to the rescue but my favorite, Christian Siriano. Oh, I love him. Don't you? I feel like he 
has done more for black women in fashion than like, I can't even think of anyone else. So Christian Sirion, if you don't know, so he was on um, Project Runway mm-hmm. when I, back when I used to watch it. Yep. Slade. <laughs> Slade was amazing. This like pint sized little nugget. And he's, <laughs> yeah. and he's gone on to dress everybody. He's on all the red carpets. He's a huge brand. And he does not have to go out of his way to help women who are different sizes. He could dress all the models he wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has dressed the entire cast of the Orange is the New Black. That's mm-hmm. become like his little muse lately. They And all those women are different sizes, mostly uh, minority women. And not only that, but Danielle Brooks, who is from Orange is the New Black, she became the face of his um, plus size line for Lane Bryant, which just debuted this year. So anyway, Krista, so I saw her tweet on Twitter that no one was fine. No one would make her address. And immediately I tweeted at her and Christian Siriano. And I was like, please make this happen. And Christian Siriano favorited my tweet. <gasps> I'm not Shut up. Oh, yeah, he did. Now, I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, honestly, this is everything. I'm not going to say that I made this happen. You did. But a day I mean, later, they tweet, they Instagrammed a post together and she's shopping in his store. Or not shopping, but she's there in his, in his, in his store getting, he's designing a dress for her now. No, you made it happen. Let's let's all give Mandy. I'm not even going to do a win. I think that's a win for everyone. That's just like a round of applause because like that's just honestly, that is so awesome. That is the power of positive social media at work, ladies and gentlemen, yes. tweeting and connecting folks. Like I knew I loved him when I saw, I don't know if it was his best friend or his sister that she was getting married and she's plus size and he made her a beautiful wedding dress. And I was like, I love you. Oh, and, oh yeah. Nicolette Mason? I'm not sure if that is that his friend. Yes, I saw that on on Instagram yeah. too. Yeah, she's like a plus size, um, like a blog. Uh, I think she's a she works for a magazine. I forget now, but anyway, she's cool. She's great to follow. She, oh, she's a columnist at Marie Claire. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, plus size. Oh, I loved her wedding dress. It was yes. like gold and sparkly. Yes, so beautiful. And I'm just like, oh, look at this. The feels. Yes, for both. Oh, look at you, Mandy. See, you get virtual hugs. I just feel like, you know, I just feel like plus size women should not have to feel like there's nothing for them. You know, people should make things for us, too, because our bodies are our bodies. They're normal. They're not crazy. And uh, I just love Christian Siriano for for being aware of that, whereas a lot of designers are not. Yeah. If you're listening, Christian, thank you. On behalf of all women with curves. Yes, that's awesome. All right, you can top that now. No, I can't. So on that note, we are just going to close that. You topped it with your Essence Fest wonderment. (laughs) No, we're just going to like end on that note. And oh yeah, so if you have any financial questions, um, you could send them to brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Or you could tweet us at the BA podcast or Facebook us at Brown Ambition on Facebook. We look forward to connecting with you. If you have the feels about kind of how this episode went, we'd love to hear you tweet us, share with us. Maybe you have a story that you kind of want to share as far as like, you know, kind of like the sadness that's going on. And you know what I really would love? What brings you to your happy space? Like if, you know, like how Mandy said that hashtag, um, Carefree Black Kids 2016, kind of gives her like the smile. So what gives you the smiles and, and gets you to a happy space when things are not quite so happy? I'd love, love, love to like know what that is. So you can tweet us at the BA Podcast or me at the Budget Nista or Mandy. Are you Mandy Money or Mandy? I am at Mandy Woodruff. Okay, at Mandy with I, an I. I with an I. I hope that they say Brown Ambition helps them. Yes. <laughs> We hope we bring a little bit of joy to your lives. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets, on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.